You're going to be voting on the November 8th general election. We're going to introduce you to one of the down-ballot candidates, a Republican running for agricultural commissioner. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is The Chuck Williams Show. Welcome back to another edition of The Chuck Williams Show. We're going to start this week. I'm sure we'll be in heavy political mode between now and and the November 8th the general election. Our guest is Tyler Harper. Tyler is a Georgia State Senator from down in South Georgia from Irwin County, Asilla, right? Yes, sir. Uh, you see, um, that's for those of us that don't know, where's Osceola? So uh, easiest way to explain Osceola is it's about uh, 20 miles northeast uh, of Tifton, uh, east-northeast of Tifton, Georgia. For those that don't know where Tifton is, it's a, it's about. If you don't know where Tifton uh, is, we can't help. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But it's it's right in the heart of South Central Georgia, uh, about an hour north of the Florida line, two hours south of Macon. Uh, so, uh, so a lot, good good little spot. A lot of students there probably go between ABAC, Valdosta State, and Georgia Southern, right? Is yeah, that- we, we do. We have a lot of kids that obviously, like you said, go to ABAC, Valdosta State, Georgia Southern, but also South Georgia State College, which is there in Douglas, so it's down to or, – or Wiregrass. Uh, so a lot of students go to Wiregrass. But then obviously we have a lot of, a lot of kids that go to Georgia or Georgia Tech or any of the other fine university and technical college institutions we have across the state. We have a lot of them. We do. Hope Scholarship makes it an attractive, attractive it, it deal. It does, yes, sir. Well, you're on the ballot um, to run for ad commissioner. That seat's been vacated by Gary Black, who uh, lost um, to Herschel Walker in the Republican U.S. Senate candidate campaign. Um, you'll be running against Nikita Hemingway, a Democrat from North Georgia, Dakula, right? Um, uh, and that sets up the ballot to take over that office. What made you decide to kind of leave the Senate after what? You've been in there three terms? Five. Five terms. Uh, yeah. So, uh, How old are you? I'm <laughs> 36. So you were uh, elected in the Senate when you were 20? I was 26 years old when I got elected to the Georgia Senate. I've been there for 10 years. was the youngest senator at the time. I, was, I, I, I think I, I served as the youngest senator in the Senate for almost eight years until Bo Hatchett got elected from up in northeast Georgia. He's younger than I am. Uh, so I was the I was the kid of the kid in the block, so to speak. Uh, that's but, a, uh, that's an interesting place to be the kid on the block. I, I agree, uh, <laughs> but you know, and 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 uh, my uh, we just dedicated a road to uh, former Senator Bobby Rowan, you know, who passed away uh, last year. Uh, but Senator Rowan was 27 when he was elected to the state Senate. 50 years prior to when I got elected to the Senate uh, in 1962, and I served as his state senator because uh, he was from Enigma, Georgia, down in Berrien County, which I represented in the Senate, still represent in the Senate. And uh, uh, But uh, Senator Rowan uh, tells me that he was the youngest senator ever elected at the time of his election, and if that holds true, uh, then I was the youngest senator ever elected in the history of the state of Georgia when I was elected at 26 in 2012. So uh, that's that's um, young to get elected. That's I mean it, that's it, that's young. It is, uh, but I but, think we've been very successful. You know, I, I told folks as I traveled in 12 on the campaign trail, the maturity had no age, and if you gave me an opportunity to earn your trust and your vote, that I would do everything I could to serve you well and. And I think I have for 10 years. Uh, I had opposition the first time, uh, first go around, but four terms I ran unopposed. Uh, and I think I've done, uh, done well, and, and I feel like I've 
have a, a great record that uh, I think if you ask the constituencies that I served in the 10, 10 counties and 18 cities in the 7th Senate District in South Central and Southeast Georgia, I think uh, you would uh, you would probably get a good report on, on what we've been able to do in the state Senate for the last 10 years. So, Tyler, you had four consecutive elections where you didn't have opposition. That's correct. Yes, um, sir. What made you decide to run statewide and give that gig so up? So that's a good question. Uh, I, I, it, and serving in the Senate was a really good opportunity, and, and it was a really good spot. And, and, and you know, serving there, you know, I, I feel like I would have had an opportunity to continue service in the Senate. Uh, obviously, with redistricting, there would have been a different conversation around that and what the district would have looked like. But uh, – um, but that said, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, it's uh, one of those opportunities that presented itself that was hard to pass up. Having a deep passion for agriculture uh, and, and a deep appreciation for that and growing up on the family farm and, and it being a passion of mine. Agriculture is who I am, what I am, and what I'm about. And getting an opportunity to serve our state as the next agriculture commissioner was one of those things that was a, an opportunity and the timing was right for me. Yes, it's bittersweet to leave the Senate. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I will tell you that from the front, from the, from the outset. Uh, and uh, if you watched my, uh, my go, going away speech on the Senate floor on sine die, I think you would see how, uh, uh, how passionate I was about serving in the Senate and, and how much it meant to me. But at the same time, you know, when things are presented and opportunities are presented in life to, to serve in different capacities and, and be a voice uh, for farmers and producers and consumers all across this state in a different way, uh, it was one of those opportunities that I jumped on that was too hard to pass up. And I think, you know, coming from where I come from, growing up on the farm, growing up on the family farm, being involved in agriculture with my own peanut, cotton, timber, and beef cattle operation and having the background and the experience in that arena. Uh, so you was grow one of those peanut, things. cotton, and I obviously, you have a pretty good stand of timber down there yes, I would sir. imagine yes sir we do no, nobody nobody when you get the other side when you get the other side of Tifton you understand why pine trees are cash crop it, it's uh so you know Georgia's the number one forestry state in the nation and uh, we've done really well in the forestry industry and and you're right once you get to southeast Georgia you really see why uh, the timber industry is so significant in our state it's a big part of what we do here uh Full disclosure, I used to do the bicycle ride across Georgia, and we would go through that part of the country a good bit because we, I tended to do it when it was in the south part of the state. I did not like yeah. the north part of the state at all. But you would get down in there, and you would get on some of those roads, and, man, it, it was nothing but pine trees for miles. That's, that's and right. it's actually, it's actually a very – I mean, pine trees have their own beauty about them. Maybe mm -hmm. you kind of – have grown up around paper mills and stuff. You understand the the need for them. Yep, and they are, and they're still like that. You'll still drive for miles and see nothing but uh, ride by miles and miles of pine trees, uh, especially when you get in that southeastern part of the state. Um, and uh, and it is a beautiful beautiful sight, and they are a beauty. And and uh, you know, and we we do a good job in our with our forest in our state and managing our forest products, and and it's a huge part of the ag industry. Most of the guys like you that are work that are part of a family farm is generational. How far back does yours go? So I'm I'm a seventh generation South Georgia farm boy. Uh, so that, South Georgia so, okay. farmer. So seventh generation that goes back at least to the early 1800s. It does. So my family moved to where we call home in South Central Georgia, and and uh, in around 1820, uh, and uh, my family's been there ever since in that same 
part of uh, South Georgia, same part of Irwin County. Uh, matter of fact, where uh, I come from, we call that roots. That's right. So I have uh, very deep roots, and, and 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 you know that's the way I explain it too. Is not only do I have deep roots in the state of Georgia, and my family's been here a long time in our state, but I have deep roots in the ag industry uh, because we've been involved in agriculture in some shape, form, or fashion for at least seven generations, and and uh, and I know for seven generations in this same uh, part of the state. Uh, but uh, but you know where I farm today, uh, I can we can trace it back for about 125 years that somebody in my family's plowed or tilled the same. Uh, some of the same piece of dirt that I still till today. So how many acres uh, y'all have? We got about uh, fifteen hundred acre farm, uh, all in all. Which is not a massive farm, but no, it's not a small farm. That's correct. That's right. It it falls uh, in the kind of mid level. Yeah, that's that's right. It's. Uh, it, I mean, some people consider it a pretty a pretty hefty yes, family sir. farm. But. That's right. So, uh, but uh, but that's what we do, and and uh, but what's neat about thinking about that of. You know, my grand, my great grandparents, you know, started tilling that piece of dirt with a mule and a plow, and today I till that same piece of dirt with a tractor, a GPS, and a cab and an air conditioner. Uh, it's a whole completely different and a stereo uh, system. That's right, and a radio, and uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, so it is. Uh, it's a lot different when you think about your ancestors and the fact that they 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 work that same piece of land and how they did it and. Um, versus the way you do it today and how technology has come a long ways in this field of agriculture. What have you got in the ground right now? So I do have peanuts. I got cotton uh, in the dirt on the row crop side, but, you know, pretty much always got the pasture and the beef cattle and, you know, pine trees stay in the ground a long time because it takes them quite a while to get to a point to where they're ready to be uh, harvested. How close are you to turning those peanuts over and starting that first pot of bulb? So we're we're getting well. Actually, you're pretty close to you're close now to, to being able to do some bulb peanuts, but getting them to where they're ready to to for regular harvest, uh, we're still about a month out uh, at least. Um, so it's uh, not be too far down the road. We'll you'll start seeing some peanuts coming up out of the dirt, uh, but bulb peanuts uh, you'll 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 really start seeing that. Uh, very soon. Um, do you like them? Oh yeah, I love old peanuts. <laughs> how do you uh, see? How do you? We're going to take this off the track, then we'll come uh-oh. back to politics. Okay. When, I mean, having grown up around peanuts a lot with friends whose family farmed, how do you season them when you bought when you throw them in a pot? I mean, the easiest and way I to suspect do it you have is, a big pot. Yeah. So I mean, just salt. I'm I'm just simple. Uh, I'm I'm good. Just put a little salt in there and you're ready to go. But obviously everybody has their own way. You can put jalapenos in there, you know, a little Creole seasoning every now and then. We've been putting Creole and, in ours. That's, so. that's a good way to do it. Uh, so uh, it's a little mixture of a little bit of anything. And nothing better on a Friday night at a high school football game. I um, completely agree. So you took the traditional kind of farm boy uh, route educationally because you went from Osceola High School to yep. – to uh, to Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College over there in Tifton, I did, and then up to UGA. That's I mean, correct. there's a there's a lot of guys that have taken that path. Oh yeah. To to and I, what was your degree? If you so you're right. I did go to Irwin County High School. Left Irwin County High School, went to ABAC Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College, have an associates in agriculture from ABAC. I left ABAC after two years and went to the University of Georgia, where I finished uh, my bachelor's in agricultural engineering. Uh, with an emphasis of mechanical systems, so uh, that's what I ended up getting uh, getting my bachelor's degree in. What's I mean, put that into layman's, layman's terms. terms. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 
basically it's it's an engineering degree just like any other engineering degree so you can really go in the so any it's like type civil of engineering, engineering field it, yeah that's right well it's not civil but specifically it's, but yeah that's it's right an it's an engineering degree um but but obviously with the agricultural focus so you know most of the time those type of folks go work for the john deers the you know the case ihs um the kmc's uh, uh, the Amatuses of the world, those those companies that build and, and fabricate agricultural equipment, uh, among other things. I mean, you you know, you have a lot of folks that go into the, the to the irrigation side, whether they work for Valley or Zomatic or somebody like that that produces equipment. But typically, an agricultural engineering degree is geared more toward the agricultural equipment side or or agricultural. Um, emphasis whether it's in natural resources or or things like that so uh but yeah it's it's an engineering degree just like any other engineering degree that that uh that you can get so how do you keep a family farm for seven generations it's tough uh you know i'm, I'm i tell people all the time you know my family has uh, been successful here and i know that we've failed here and you know, especially when you get to talking to my grandparents, those are some of the fondest conversations I ever remember is talking to my grandfathers and just asking them about, you know, their, their life and their history and, and what it took for them to do what they did and, and, uh, whether they lost, uh, you know, lost land or, or were able to buy land back or rebuild or whatever it was. Uh, but it, but it is, you're tough. one, you're one drought away from a really bad situation. You, you, you definitely, uh, and, and agriculture is, is that way there's ups and downs every year and it's real tough. Uh, you can, uh, you can have a, a really bad year that can put you in a pretty tough spot. Uh, and, and that's what our farmers and producers face every day across this state. And, and when you, you add on top of that, you know, the issues they're facing today with labor shortages and diesel prices as high as they are and 40 year high inflation that we're seeing among other things that are just complicating that and high fertilizer prices and high feed prices. It just complicates and adds to the issues that you already face in agriculture. Uh, you know, weather being one of those, you mentioned a drought, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, you name it. Yeah, I mean, y'all are close enough to the so, Georgia coast that, I mean, Oh, yeah. Ill wind starts blowing, y'all. Y'all get nervous. We we do, uh, and uh, and it, and it can it can be very damaging uh, to to a crop. Um, so we've seen that with Hurricane Michael uh, when it come up through the state of Georgia a couple of years back. It was uh, very devastating to agriculture in Southwest Georgia up through the middle part of the state, and uh, you know we lost a lot of uh, a lot of corn and cotton and a lot of peaches and. Uh, pecan trees and other things and um so uh so agriculture is one of those things it's a, it's a tough business but you know the, the people that are involved in agriculture are very resilient uh and they have a passion for it and most of them a lot of them uh have a family family lineage in in the industry but at the same time we're always working to find new people that are willing and interested in getting involved and having that process laid out so so they can be successful in agriculture and, and try to find a way to ensure that they're able to do so. One of the things that I know Republicans is there's been a lot of talk about immigration and stuff, but I know that farms and I'm not saying yours, but I know farms across the state have relied <coughs> on, 
on immigrants to work their fields, to harvest their peaches, to mm-hmm. pick the pecans, to do any number of things in these fields, onions, I mean, you name it. How do you square the Republican stance on immigration with what you know is happening, what you see happening around you on family farms and on far- on farms in general, larger larger farms. So I, I you know, look, we don't we don't use uh, immigrant labor in in our operation uh, back home. We uh, uh, primarily because a lot of what we do is not very labor intensive. Uh, uh, a but, lot of what uh, you do is you and two or three other guys. Yeah, on tractors, that's right. right. That's right. Uh, typically, and and we're able to to maintain that. Uh, but but uh, but that said, there are a lot of operations in our state from blueberries to vegetables uh to you named it peaches and others that are very labor intensive onions um that uh, that take a lot of labor to be able to to harvest the crops and take care of those crops and and those type of things uh you know um and uh at the end of the day i think at first and foremost it's definitely we've got to secure our southern border and we've got to do what we can to ensure that we're 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 uh we're um have a a process in place that uh, keeps America sovereign and and having a secured southern border is part of that. But at the same time, we need uh, uh, immigrant labor programs that work to provide the labor that our agricultural and farmers and producers need. Uh, H2A is is one has been is the program that's primarily used in the field of agriculture. And, uh, you know, I will say that uh, in in some instances, there's some things that needs to be addressed in H2A to make it more user friendly and more streamlined for the producer and the farmers in the field uh, for them to be able to access the the labor that they need. Um, but but at the same time, it's working to try to find other sources of labor too. You know, those that are willing to go and and be involved and work and produce and help in the fields. Uh, you know, there those opportunities are there every day, and and those people get paid very well. Um, but but I think um, it's in hard this, work. It's it is hard. very hard work. It is very I mean, like I said, that. it's very labor intensive, and it is very that. hard work. Um, but I, but I think you know we're, there's a there's a way to do it and and do it right and uh, and you know as the next ag commissioner I look forward to having those conversations with our friends on the on the federal level to ensure that we have uh, the 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 uh, the programs in place that allow those labor resources and the and the tools that our farmers and producers need to to get that product to the shelf so the consumer can can have it when they go to the grocery store. Yeah, and that an interesting answer, and I th- and I think. You know, you're the ag commissioner, probably more so than any other of the state, you know, constitutional officers, is in a position where there is a pull and a tug on this. When when you looked at this, what was the most appealing aspect of the ag commissioner? And I'll just start this right off the bat by saying I think it's the coolest statewide job (laughs) there is. I've always thought it was the it was you know who wouldn't want to be in charge of the peanuts pecans onions and blueberries i i I mean the coolest you named it you just said it i mean it's it is one of the uh by far one of the really uh neatest and and greatest opportunities from a statewide office to do and 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 when you're a farm boy and you have a history and a background in agriculture and an education in agriculture, it's it's kind of like the pinnacle of the ag industry, so to speak, when you become the commissioner of agriculture, uh, in, in essence. Uh, 
Um, and uh, it's one of those uh, opportunities that uh, that gives you the ability to be that voice for for agriculture uh, and and go to bat and be that to ensure that 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 we're doing everything we can to protect the industry our state's number one industry and number one economic driver by far it's a 75 billion dollar economic engine in our state and it touch, um, touches every corner it, of this. it it does it and that's the thing that i think as we travel the state across this in in this campaign is is we're trying to tell that story of the fact that agriculture impacts every georgian every day there's not a day in your life uh, that you live, that agriculture does not impact you in some way, whether that's at the restaurant or a grocery store. Uh, and even if you dive off into the Department of Agriculture and what the department's over, uh, whether you pull up at a gas pump. I was going to say, uh, you got the gas pump. That's, r- that's right. Or, or pest control, whenever you get your, your house sprayed for, for bugs or termites. Or, does that fall under uh, ag? It falls under ag. I yes, didn't sir. realize that. So the Department of Agriculture and the agricultural industry impacts Georgians every single day and that's why it's important that that the person elected to commissioner agriculture understands the industry and has a background and foundation in that and has a passion for it and 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 you know uh knowing that and and so a lot of that was the draw to the job was just the because i have a passion like i said earlier agriculture is who i am what i am and what i'm about and and uh and it's just a great opportunity to serve well, our state. I mean, you go in the governor's office, you go in the senator's offices in D.C., and the first thing you see in the Georgia lobby, peanuts, Georgia peanuts, <laughs> the little red package. You, yes, sir, that's I, right. I probably got some in my book bag over here right now. But yeah, I mean, that's. Yep. I mean, it peaches peanuts. In many ways, it's what we're known for. It is, uh, you know, and we've we, become quite a pecan state. We we have we've become all of that. So you know, we're number one in in pecan pecan production. Uh, we're we're number one in peanuts. Uh, you know, we're number one. They're in saying South Carolina produces uh, more peaches than we do now, but they're uh, not as good. I that, mean, they're not uh, as there good. You, that's correct. There you go, Georgia peaches. <laughs> that is my editorial uh, well, statement. how about this? Uh, we 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 might not be number one in peaches, but we're number one in flavor. Uh, I can tell you that all day, hands down. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're known for a lot of things, and and you're right. I think from from a Georgia perspective. One of the things that is a calling card, you know, when you walk in my office at the state capitol, you you got those red bags of Georgia peanuts. When you walk in any congressman's office or U.S. senator or the governor's office, and when you come to the Department of Agriculture in January, you're going to see those nice red bags of Georgia peanuts as well. And, you know, if you're elected, and let's get to the political side, because now, I mean, you know, understand – there's a political side to this now. You're running as a Republican. Yep. You're you're running against a Democratic opponent. If you look back last uh, last four years ago when Gary ba- Gary Black was on the ballot, I think he was fifty three forty seven or fifty four forty six something like that. Yep. It was a larger margin than you saw in the governor's race, a larger margin than you saw in the attorney general's race. I think it was a larger margin than you saw in the a lieutenant governor's race. It was the it was the biggest, you know, and obviously Gary had been in that office for eight, 12 years. But down ballot, that all, that was a much stronger pull for Republicans mm-hmm. than some of the up ballots. Are you concerned about what's going on with the upper ballot state races? And I'm throwing the U.S. Senate race into that. Are you concerned those races 
could have a negative impact on you or a pot. What kind of impact do you think they're going to have down ballot at ag commissioner? Well, I think, you know, obviously the, the top tier races are what draws typically is what draws voters to the ballot and, and, uh, on, on, in typical uh, election years. So and we know that there's a passion race. It, it, for it is a passion race, but and I was heading that direction. However, there are down ballot races like agriculture commissioner that, that there, that drives, that drives voters to the polls as well, uh, because there are voters across this state that, uh, that, and I meet with them, uh, off uh, often, you know, as we travel the state that they're concerned about who the next agriculture commissioner is. But, but that said, you know, we're, we're not drawing a line anywhere in the sand. I'm meeting with, uh, as we travel the state, we're working hard to, to get uh, earned votes of, of Democrats, independents, libertarians, uh, regardless of your political affiliation. You know, we believe that we, we're, we're, we're an agriculture commissioner for everybody, even though I have an R by my name. Uh, you know, we want to work hard for every Georgian every day because of the importance of this industry that it has to our state. And I believe that it's important to have the person that's in that office that has the background, the knowledge, the foundation, the education, the understanding, and the fact that I'm in it every day. I buy the high diesel prices. I'm paying that. I, I pay what's for the, high what's for, diesel right It's now? close to $5 a gallon on the farm. Uh, so, you know. So y'all, do you have a tank that they come out and fill up and you just yeah, fill up? I, I, I do. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you're paying that you're paying fertilizer, those higher fertilizer prices, you're paying those higher feed prices for my cattle. And which right now, thankfully we've got some really good grass that they're grazing on. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that, those are things that I understand I see every day. And I think people resonate with that and they understand that, uh, that, that it's important to have individuals who understand the issues, understand the industry and have, the ability to solve those problems and help address those issues uh, when in, in agriculture. And, you know, and what we've seen in agriculture is uh, in the last decade alone, we've seen a 20%, almost a 20% reduction in the retail dollar going back to the family farm. And those are, those are real problems that we're facing uh, in agriculture, among other things, whether it's access to capital. And having that background, that experience is important uh, in that office. And I think that's the why we've been able to attract voters that maybe, uh, might not traditionally vote for a Republican candidate, but I think we've been able to, 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 to cross that line. And I think through that, we'll be able to do what we can to help the entire ticket up and down the ballot. And, uh, you know, we're a team and I look forward to working, uh, with, have Governor, you appeared Kemp. with Governor Kemp. Much? I have. Yes, sir. Um, I was with, uh, uh, been with the governor a couple of times, uh, um, over the last couple of weeks. And, and I know we'll, I'm sure we'll be together more between now and, and November. Uh, I've been, uh, so we, we've, did you have any endorsements from top state people in the primary? Uh, well, I, I didn't have, you know, in the primary, I was the only Republican that ended up qualifying. So nobody else. So I you, had no other okay, Republican so, opposition. Oh, I thought you had one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually, no. So yeah, I was the only Republican that qualified. Uh, for, so you've been saving your money. I have <laughs> <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, but yeah, we do have, you know, we've got the support of governor deal and former governor deal. We've got the support of governor Kemp. Uh, we've got the support of uh, a number of, of statewide leaders across the state. Uh, who uh, who've been very beneficial and and helpful in our efforts and our do you supporting think, us? Do you think being in the state senate would be a plus 
if you, as you go into, I mean, because obviously the funding comes from mm-hmm. the governor's office and general assembly. Um, do you think the relationships you've built in the general assembly would be beneficial? Most definitely. I think coming from the general assembly is, is an advantage in serving as the next commissioner. And I think it's an advantage for, for the industry and, and also the department because, you know, I've built relationships in the general assembly and I've got a lot of, you know, all my colleagues in the general assembly are, are supporting our efforts. I have colleagues on both sides of the aisle supporting our efforts, uh, in the, in, in so this you race. Have, you uh, have some Democrats supporting you? Yes, sir. Uh, are they out in the open? Uh, they're 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 uh they're helping us i'll put it that way uh in ways that they can uh so uh and and the reason for that is is because we we've served together and and uh we uh they know me they they understand uh, my passion they they know that uh we're working hard and that's why you know i think those relationships that i've built are very important going forward and being being able to serve as the next commissioner um because uh, you know, uh, uh, being able to ask for the funding that you need for the department. Uh, it's important to have the relationships. What's the budget? Uh, it's about $60 million. It's a lot uh, of money. It is a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, that's why it's important for you to work every day uh, with building and continuing to foster those relationships. So, And the other thing is, is, is uh, what I've seen over the years is what's interesting is, you know, I've been in their shoes uh, as a legislator. So when I come and ask for something as the commissioner, I understand what it means uh, for what I'm asking for because uh, I, I know what, what position it puts uh, that member of the General Assembly in or, or, or my colleagues or soon-to-be former colleagues. Um, so I you really also understand know, You also that know ask. the ones that it impacts the most. That's correct. Know. And you know who to go see and you know who to work with. And at the same time, you know who can help you get it done because you know the folks that are that, that are really successful in, in, in making sure they get things across the finish line. So it helps to have a scouting report. It, it, it does. And, and uh, we've got a really good one coming to being able to go to work as the next commissioner. And, and, but at the same time, they also know me. Uh, and they, we have that relationship, which is very, very vital and very important to be successful as the commissioner. One of the things that I saw, I was reading recently, that there appears to now be some discussion, uh, bipartisan discussion, according to the reporting I saw on Axios, uh, about uh, about expanding Medicaid. And I think it doesn't have a direct impact, but it does have an impact on the ag industry, certainly with the cost of, of groceries and stuff like that, if you did something like that. But Georgia is one of a dozen states that has not expanded it. Are you hearing any of those discussions? As I travel the state, you know, people are talking about the cost of food. They're talking about the cost of gas. Farmers and producers are talking about the issues that they have with labor shortages, uh, fertilizer prices, uh, you know, uh, capital and markets and things like that. Those are the conversations that come up. But health care has got to be an issue for um, farmers, too, because of insurance costs. So, so uh, yes, health care is always a concern, but it's not one. Uh, it's not a it's not an issue that, uh, you know, we just had a roundtable about two weeks ago uh, and we had a very vibrant conversation over in Dawson at, at uh, McCleskey Cotton. And uh, we had a number of, of agricultural leaders uh, from across uh, uh, 
from across the state that were there and were participating. And we discussed a lot of issues. And, and you know, uh, health care was not one of those topics that come up in that conversation. It was a very open, roundtable conversation. And that it's, it's, it's issues of inflation and, 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 and gas prices and diesel prices and fertilizer prices and seed and chemical costs and uh, feed prices that, that, and labor issues I mean, and being able to find the labor that you need. Those are the issues that are definitely are tied to yes. fuel costs. I that's, mean, that's correct. Um, tied to the energy policies that we have here. So, uh, you know, that's the, and I don't think most people know that, that with uh, certain energy policies do drive up cost of fertilizers because it takes fuel to produce fertilizers. Um, so, uh, um, but, but those are the issues that I'm hearing about as I travel the state. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, and those are the issues we're going to work to address as the commissioner, because that's that's those are the things that we have the ability to have to 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 have the ability to be the most helpful in uh, in helping address those issues. Who are some of your mentors? Both, you know, just I mean, obviously, you at twenty six, you don't yeah. get elected to the general assembly, particularly the senate, without some people having taken a very keen interest in helping you to climb who are your mentors so i'll be honest uh you know from the very get-go uh and the part of the uh, reason i was able to be as successful early on as i was uh, as former state representative jay roberts uh who uh you know was longtime chairman of the house transportation committee and uh you know went on to to be the uh, uh the uh director um at uh the Department of Transportation. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the, yeah. the title of the yeah. job right now, but uh, uh, but he uh, he did that for Governor Deal and 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 again done it for Governor Kemp. But um, Jay's from my hometown, from Osceola, Georgia, and he used to umpire little league baseball games when I was uh, growing up. So he and I have known each other a long time, and uh, and whenever uh, I got back home from college and went back to work on the farm and in the the businesses and the family business, he. Uh, um, he, uh, he did, he kind of took me under his wing and, uh, and, uh, knew that I had an interest in the political process. And, uh, matter of fact, we were talking about the possibility of me even succeeding him in his house seat, uh, whenever he decided to retire or, 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 uh, do something different. And, um, but before that happened, our state Senator decided to retire and, and, uh, I won't ever forget that phone call from Jay Roberts that morning, whenever he told me that, that uh, former Senator Greg Goggins, my predecessor, had decided to to uh, to retire, and so he said uh, he said you need to run. And I said that's when I told Jay. I said Jay, I'm 25 year old kid. You know nobody's going to vote for a 25 year old kid. Uh, and he said no. I'm telling you, you're ready. Uh, and you 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 it's your your, your opportunity. Is, politics is timing. It's all about opportunity and timing. It is, and so. When I ran for the state Senate 10 years ago, I signed up at 25, was elected at 26. Uh, It was the right opportunity at the right time for me. Um, And and I had a lot of help from people like Jay, uh, who've who've helped me be successful over the last 10 years and and really be successful early on in my career. But, uh, But the Ag Commissioner's race is the same way. It was the right opportunity at the right time for me. Uh, And it's an awesome opportunity to be able to 
work and, and find ways to ensure that we're working for our farmers, producers, consumers, agribusinesses, and families all across this state. And, and like I've said numerous times already is, you know, I think I've got the background, the experience, the knowledge, and the foundation to be able to do the job on day one without any training wheels. You know, we can, we'll be able to walk in and go to work day one as the next commissioner. You saying your family has has beef cattle is part of is one of your yes sir uh, it's one of your crops I guess beef cattle's not a crop but you get you, you get the picture yes um, sir when you look right now I mean just the general consumer when they walk into the store beef prices from hamburger and the that's right. the cheapest cuts to you know to fillet and the and the most expensive cuts have really soared. Yep. I mean, it's, I mean, beef is through the roof right now. I mean, are producers seeing some of that or is that being carved out in the middle? So it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, you know, in the last decade, farmers have seen almost 20% reduction in the retail dollar back to the family farm. Uh, and, uh, and beef is not exempt from that. Um, it's, uh, so yeah, you may be seeing high prices at the grocery store, but for the most part, you're not really seeing that translate into what's being done at the stockyard, uh, or at the sale barn. Um, those, uh, uh, those prices have not necessarily, uh, trickled down back to the family farm and, and, uh, and you combine that with the fact that feeds a little bit higher and fertilizers a little bit higher, you know, it, it makes those profit margins, uh, a lot more narrow. Uh, and it makes it a little more difficult. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you, you typically have, haven't seen that, which is why we've got to work to protect that family farm, that producer, because at the end of the day, they're the backbone of the ag economy and they're the backbone of, of, of what we do here in our state. And, and at the end of the day, agriculture is national security period. I've been saying that as Say I that travel again. the state. Say that again. Agriculture is national security period. Uh, and the I reason, think I know why you're saying that, yes, but explain. I, I will. Uh, so be happy to. Thank you, uh, Chuck. <laughs> um, so, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, we, you know, we're, if we don't produce our own food, our own fiber, our own shelter here within our own borders, that means we're relying on somebody else to do that for us. We're relying on another nation, say China, who may not have a very uh, pro view of, of America to produce those products for us. Uh, when you rely on somebody else to do something for you, you're, uh, you're more likely to be subservient uh, or you're more likely to rely on them in a way that's not good or beneficial uh, for, uh, for you as a state or a country or a nation or a community. Uh, so that's the reason I believe, uh, I don't think we talk about it enough in that sense that agriculture is part of our national security infrastructure. And if we don't work to protect agriculture, uh, we're less safe as a nation, we're less safe as a community, we're less safe as a state. Uh, and it's a foundational aspect of that natural se national security infrastructure. All the other parts of national security infrastructure are very important, but they've all got to work together to ensure that we're successful as a state, we're successful as a nation. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's going to be part of a focus of ours as the next commissioner to ensure that that's on the forefront of Georgians. Uh, but at the forefront of the conversations, when we're talking about the needs and the issues in the agricultural industry of the whys of how, of, of why we need to address these issues to ensure that the family farm continues to be successful, because if the family farm is successful, 
our state is successful and our nation will continue to be successful. When you look at your farm now and you look at your family farm and obviously your parents are probably still heavily involved, um, are you concerned as the seventh generation that you could be the one that loses it? Is there some, I mean, you know, there's got to be some, when you get to six, four or five, I mean, yeah. usually sometimes about the third generation is when things get lost. That's right. But y'all have clearly cleared that hurdle and you're now into the seventh. Are you concerned that you could be the generation that loses I mean, that? I, I think it's always a concern. You know, you always are concerned about what the next day holds. Uh, you're always concerned about what the future holds. Um, and uh, But at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, you – you, you fall back on those farm values that, uh, that you've been raised with and, and you fall back on what you learned from your grandparents and your parents. And, and what I learned from my mom's dad, you know, he left the third grade. He ne never learned how to read or write, uh, because his dad told him, my great grandfather, uh, told him he needed to come back to the family farm, that it was more important that he be there than it was for him to finish his education. And, and, uh, you know, when I was growing up and he and I had those conversations about the fact that he didn't read or write, you know, I asked him about that. And, and, you know, he told me that he never let that challenge get in his way of being successful. And my grandfather was a very successful farmer and agribusinessman in our community. And, and, you know, I've, I've taken that same mindset and taken on challenges every day finding ways to get over those challenges and attaining the goal that I'm setting for myself and being successful, regardless of what it may be. And obviously in the family farm, it's allowing that, it, that entity to be successful. And that's what I want to work to do every day because for the next seven generations, I want my family to continue to be successful and hopefully for the next couple of generations that they continue to be involved in the agricultural industry, which is why I'm passionate about being the next commissioner because I, I want to help lead those efforts and lead that fight and ensuring that our producers and our farmers, as well as our consumers, are successful every day. Uh, and uh, and I look forward to the opportunity to doing that and taking on that opportunity and that responsibility and leading that charge. When you get into the world you're in, the political world in Atlanta, I mean, obviously UGA, uh, sometimes I'm sure it is said in a derogatory way, but probably don't take it how do you take it when somebody calls you a farm boy he's just a farm boy uh, well i guess it, it really depends on how they say it right uh, uh you know a if, lot if, depends if, on that if if, if uh, but you're a farm boy you're i am and i'm proud of it you know I, I really am i'm proud of my i'm proud of my heritage i'm proud of my history i'm proud of my my family's tradition in the ag industry i'm proud of who i am i'm proud to be a georgian i'm proud to be a farm boy uh, and I take it with pride. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of times there, there is that case where I think people do somebody look, from Alpharetta may be saying it yeah, in a less, you know, than they a, may look, look, uh, look at it through a different lens, I guess you could say, but I think if they give, uh, farm boys, uh, like myself an opportunity, I think a lot of times individuals are very surprised at the fact that, uh, you know, having a background and experiences that we do with, uh, that, uh, that they, they, there's, there's things that farm boys are pretty, uh, you know, we're pretty in, 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 you know, resourceful and, uh, and, and not everybody we're, we're able to be successful. That's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's part of the slogan we have on our campaign. Sometimes it takes a farmer. Uh, and you know, that's, I would present to you that sometimes it does just take a farmer to, 
to solve issues that we're faced with every day. And, uh, and, and I'm that farmer and, and I want to work to help solve the issues and, and, and continue to allow that our number one industry to be successful and, and build on that. And, um, and, uh, and I think that's uh, that's one of those things that we're we're helping to tell that story and hopefully helping to ensure that people understand that that farm boys are are uh, are, are great guys to, uh, and can do a really good job guys and gals across this state and and do a phenomenal job every day because you got to be a lot of things when you're a farmer a weatherman uh, you know <laughs> uh, uh, a scientist to a degree y'all watch the weather uh, oh we do watch the weather uh, you know and today's a day and age you almost got to be a computer scientist it seems like to drive uh, some of these newer tractors and those combines the, are unbelievable they are and all the new tech gps technology that you have and the technological advancements we've seen uh, it's been phenomenal it's 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 awesome and uh, so i mean it uh, it's uh, it takes somebody that's really has a the ability to understand those to really have that be involved in the industry we're getting near the end of this thing one last question i mean general assembly at 26 you could potentially get elected to a statewide office at 36 what are your long-term political goals (laughs) it always makes folks in your situation nervous that are you looking at the governor's office are you looking at u.s senate seat so when i when i ran for the state senate um you know, actually, I was, like I told you earlier, uh, former Representative Roberts and I were talking about the possibility of me maybe running for his House seat. So when I ran for the state Senate, uh, you know, in the back of my mind before that, it was maybe maybe have an opportunity to run for a House seat one time, but ended up running for the state Senate because that was the right opportunity at the right time. And when I ran for the state Senate, I ran to serve the Senate district. And I feel like I've done a phenomenal job over the last 10 years and have a great record and proud of the record that I have. And, and, and I'm running partly on that record to serve as the next ag commissioner because of what we've done for the ag industry for the last 10 years in the Senate. Um, but, uh, but you know, when you're, you're an elected office, you're always, there's always opportunities that may present themselves and ag commissioner is that opportunity at the right time for me. And I look forward to getting across the finish line on November 8th and, and stepping in that office in January and, and serving to my best of my ability in that capacity as long as the good voters of the state of Georgia will let me in as, and as long as I believe that I'm making a, 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 an impact in that arena and allowing our number one industry to continue to be successful. And if other opportunities present themselves down the road, that's a conversation at that time. But as you, as we've talked about all morning, politics is a lot about opportunity and timing. So, you know, we'll see what opportunities may present themselves. But at this point, I'm solely focused on being the next commissioner of agriculture and solely focused on doing that job. As long as I believe that I'll be able to be effective in that role. Good answer. Um, you didn't rule it out, but you didn't say. I, I like that. Uh, we're at a point now where uh, I do, do this with all my podcast guests. Call it Turn the Tables. I've been asking you questions for 45, 50 minutes. You asked me one. Oh, well, I, I, that's, uh, that's, that is different. I don't know that I've ever had a reporter tell me to ask them a question. Uh, what, uh, Blue Steen never did that to you in Atlanta? No, he hadn't done it to me yet. Um, so I'm going to have to tell Blue Steen he needs to. Uh so, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, from, from this standpoint, when it comes to, uh, politics, you know, what are, what are, what are your thoughts in relation to the agricultural industry and, and, uh, or what have you, what maybe have you heard and, and, uh, what are, what are some things you think are at the forefront of, of what those, what, what may be 
issues out there that, that as the next commissioner that I, I might need to look at or work on or help address? I think it's an incredibly important job. I've, I've thought that, you know, my first introduction to the job was the wild board dinner at the start of oh, the yeah, legislative session. Right. It's like, cool, this guy can bring this much food to one <laughs> meal. He, this person's got some authority. But, you know, I really do think that you hit on something in the conversation where you were talking about that agriculture is national security. And I think a lot of people are realizing that right now. I yep. think as you look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, That's I right. think a lot of people are realizing, you know, I mean, you know, they're paying more attention to grain ships that are caught up mm-hmm. in this conflict. Is your, is your anything else? Or a lot of people are paying attention. I think it is national security. And I think, you know, it's also what defines us as a state. I can't imagine I this place without the peaches. I can't imagine this place without the pecans. That's right. You know, and pecans are something that we just had trees on some land we had when I was a kid. But now, you know, I just looked at them as pecan trees and you had to go out there and pick them. And then you went home and started cracking them and stuff. But I look at it now. I see every time I go, go east, I don't see pecan trees. I see industries, and I see trees that may have been affected by weather. I see trees that are dying. I look at those trees very differently. So I think, you know, there's no doubt that this is an important job. I mean, this is a down-ballot job. Some people probably look at it when they're casting their ballot and go, well, why is this important? It's important. It's very important. It's an important job. And I think, I mean, people need to know who's running. I mean, they need to know you. They need to learn stuff about Nikita Hemingway. I believe she's a cut flower uh, grower up mm-hmm. in North Georgia. So people need to understand who these people are running for this job and, and make decisions because it is an important job. It's very important. Well, Tyler Harper, you have been a great guest. Uh, thanks for driving in from Acilla. Yeah. Chuck, um, glad to be with you. Yeah, Thank every, you for having every, us on. Well, it has been good. What we're at the point now where I have to do the house cleaning part that Lewis knows I will screw up every time. Okay, you can catch the Chuck Williams Show on Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. on WRBL.com. You can get us on your podcast formats, iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. Also, you can go to social media. We're on social media now. We're doing a lot of Twitter stuff. Uh, Twitter is at Chuck Williams. No nothing, just at Chuck Williams. Facebook is Chuck Williams WRBL. And Instagram is Chuck Williams 0999. We hope you'll come back again next week where we'll have another edition of the Chuck Williams Show. And it's, uh, we're going to keep pounding these out, guys. Keep listening. <laughs>